Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and life coach David Bartke here. It's Thursday, De- uh, December? Well, no, that's too soon. <laughs> September the 14th, you 2014. You to get to Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is coming and the goose is getting fat, but not quite that soon. <laughs> no, it's September 14th, 2017, and we're in the midst of a beautiful building fall. I mean, it's actually officially the end of summer. Summer hasn't officially ended, but it feels like fall, David. I mean, it's felt like it fall does. for the last few weeks, you know? Yeah, especially this morning. I got up. I'm like, wow, it's actually cool in here. <laughs> fall yes. is in the air. It, it really is. is. <laughs> Although, I would not be surprised if by the end of this month, we actually have a warming trend, what they used to call an Indian summer. I, That's feeling, fine with me. <laughs> I think it's coming this year. I really do. I think we're going to have a, a rather, so. rather pronounced one. And I'm sure there are people uh, down in the south who will be happy to have uh, some positive weather like that because they've been through some pretty negative stuff. But we're, oh, yes. we're putting out nothing but positive vibes for them and hoping for great recoveries for everybody. Yes, yes, yes. So we're on to Chapter 4 of Ask and It Is Given by Abraham Hicks. This one is entitled, How Can I Get There From Here? It sounds like a main saying, you can't get there from here. <laughs> How can I get there from here? So let's find out what they mean. All right, well, let's start. I'll just read a little bit of the beginning here. It says, perhaps yeah. the question we, most hear, we hear most often from our physical friends is, why is it taking me so long to get what I want? It is not because you do not want it enough. It is not because you do you are not intelligent enough. It is not because you are not worthy enough. It is not because fate is against you. It is not because someone else has already won your prize. The reason you have not already gotten what you desire is because you are holding yourself in a vibrational holding pattern that does not match the vibration of your desire. That's one of those really dense phrases that they like to use in all this vibration stuff and so forth. Like it, 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 it's a little deep already. <laughs> yeah, like especially in, in the beginning, if you're just hearing about vibration and like vibration, matching vibration, it could be a little like, what? <laughs> it could kind of vibrate you the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> but vibration is actually a good thing. Vibration is a way of describing the fact that all of life energy is vibrational in nature just like tone or tunes or music or vibrational or light waves can be vibrational it's all yeah. vibration yeah also like vibration is another way of saying like how you're feeling about it so like if if something hasn't manifested for us and we we do go into well, why is it taking so long then we're in the vibration of why is it taking so long yeah well exactly <laughs> that's their point right and in, yeah. indeed, they say that is the only reason ever. And an important thing for you to now understand is that if you will stop and think about it, or more importantly, stop and feel about it, to your point, you can identify your very discord. And that in and of itself could be a challenge. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, of, when you're first we starting, we want everything you know, to happen so well, quickly. Well, we do want it to all happen so quickly, but also very often when we're... Uh, Resisting something, that's about that's what they're going to get into in the next uh, paragraph here. Um, when you're resisting something, it's often hard to know that you're resisting it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like, I feel myself resisting. Well, it's not our most common phrase. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes a little practice. A lot of practice. <laughs> so, so let's read that next paragraph. So now the only thing you need to do is gently 
and gradually, piece by piece, release your resistant thoughts, which are the only disallowing factors involved. Your increasing relief will be the indicator that you are releasing resist resistance just as your feelings of increased tension, anger, frustration, and so on have been your indicators you have been adding your resistance, adding to your resistance. And that's actually probably the starting point, isn't it? Noticing when you're feeling tense or angry or frustrated or any other negative emotion because that's the clue that we're resisting something. Yeah, and, and when they say just release your resistant thoughts, that sometimes isn't that easy. Mm. No, it's not always that easy. <laughs> In fact, I had that experience. We, we recorded this on Sunday. We recorded the show this past Sunday. And I had an experience the day before we, we recorded the show that mirrored that very concept. Um, but what happened? Uh, my wife and I went to a local um, farm stand that we go to because they have absolutely delicious vegetables. Probably the best I've ever had. They're really, really flavorful. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, we were there, and we, we got our veggies and got in the car, and it was packed because not only is it a vegetable stand, but they also have a winery, and the, I have to admit, this is kind of new. I never heard of this before. There was a wedding going on on the premises. Oh, wow. And so the cars were kind of you know packed in and moving slowly and so forth, and when we got in the car to back out, there was some guy who I realized after a while worked with the farm, but he was blocking us and allowing everyone else through. <laughs> and this went on for like uh, almost 10 minutes. I was getting pretty frustrated. Yeah. And he was deliberately blocking us. It was intentional. Oh, my goodness. In fact, at one point, he was having a conversation with one of the wedding party while blocking us and everybody else. So I, I was kind oh of ticked God. off at the guy. Yeah. And as we were leaving, he yells in the window, sorry about that. And my... Reaction to Louise saying next to me was, yeah, you're not getting my um, uh, acceptance of your apology. Bullshit. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> but what I realized, of course, as soon as I said that, and even afterward, because of all that we've studied, that I've studied with uh, you know, studying the law of attraction, is the only person I was hurting with that was me. Yeah. And yeah. yet, even though I was the only person being hurt by that, I still had trouble letting go of it. I mean, mm -hmm. how often do we have little, little minor, tiny injuries like that that happen to us that you know, we get all <laughs> bent out of shape about and we get all, you know, twisted about and resistant to? I mean, boy, was there I feeling resistance. I, I didn't, I, perhaps 10 years ago, I would not have identified it as a resistance. I would have identified yeah. it as you know, just being, you know, angered, peed off, you yeah. know. Yeah. But, but, you know, the, the fact was I was resistant. And I was resistant to him, and I was resistant to what he had done, and I was resistant to the whole situation. And it took me a few hours to remember that I was still resistant to something that had happened for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, one little, one little tip I'll give you, because this is what I go over with my clients. Oh, okay. Is when it comes to resistance is I always ask people, like, what, what little things get under your skin and bother you? Like, you know, someone's driving in front of you too slow. And you can't get around them. You kind of, you kind of get all like, like <laughs> all those things like that make you crazy. Yep. And when things like that happen, instead of going to the frustration, just go to in your mind saying, "Just allow, just allow." And if you can be aware enough to do that, it totally cancels out that frustration and resistance feeling of ah and it just totally relaxes you because a lot of times there are things that happen like you experienced the other day 
where we can't control someone doing something that's bothering us. So if we can be aware enough to realize it's one of those times and just tell yourself, just allow, nothing I can do about this, just allow, it kind of really puts you in a much better place. It's good advice, and I have tried to do that approach, and sometimes I've been successful with it, sometimes not so successful. I yeah. find that on those situations where I'm not so successful, what's really happening is I'm consciously telling myself to allow, and I'm so consciously insisting on resisting. And the two yeah. kind of cancel each other out. So <laughs> when I find myself in that place, I deliberately rip my attention away from it and focus on some other thing going on that I like. Yeah. That's yeah, it. that's good. I, too. I'm just I'm just not going to pay attention to that. I I am just ripping mad at this thing, but I'm just not going to pay any more <laughs> attention to it. I'm going to notice how wonderfully blue that blue sky is. I mean, it is gorgeous. It is gorgeous blue. And the yeah. more that I do that, then I rip my attention away even more. And I, I, I that's where I start releasing. And yeah. sometimes that doesn't yeah. work. Sometimes I just have to go back to what you suggested, which is just, you know, okay, just allow, just allow. I mean, it's different. Different situations I feel but differently about it. The thing with the just allow, though, is you have to do it before you allow yourself to get all revved up about whatever it is that happened. Yeah, it's harder <laughs> to do it after you're revved up. That's true. Because once you're revved up, yeah. <laughs> you're kind of... You're kind of a little bit past the just allow fate. Yeah, you're in <laughs> the red already, zone, and uh, that needle's yeah, kind of pointing. Like locked, <laughs> yeah, you're locked into that. Ah, what Lock and load. <laughs> okay, boy, are we loaded for bear. <laughs> yeah, but if you can, though, if you can realize, like, okay, this might be one of those situations, let me just allow, just allow. If you can do that before you get before, all revved yes. up, then it works really well. I agree with that. Yeah, it does work really well. It, it, it's but a you challenge. have to be aware enough in the moment to do that. You have to be aware, actually, not just in the moment, but before the next moment. You have to be aware that the next moment is coming, the one where you're going to get all revved up. <laughs> yeah, so, because, you know, we're all human. That have, you know, even with me sometimes, I have oh, yeah. I'm like, rats, why didn't I just allow before I got to this point? <laughs> Wait a minute, you're not superhuman? <laughs> <laughs> no, but then sometimes I sometimes I do realize it's, it could be potentially one of those things, and I do just say to myself, David, just allow, and then I just feel my body relaxing, and I, do, and I don't get hooked into the frustration. Which is a very, very good thing because when you're not yeah. when you're not hooked in when when you don't allow yourself to get hooked in in the first place, like you're saying, yeah, that's a much better place to be. Now you're not having much to reverse better. a negative. You can reverse a negative. That was the point of my story, but it's a lot harder. Yeah, I mean, why why put yourself through all that work if you can avoid it? <laughs> that's the way I look right. at it. Right, I know. <laughs> but the, again, even just allowing takes practice. It does. It takes practice and, and it the, take, the takes awareness. the moment to do it. Yeah, yeah, you have to be aware. You have to be consciously aware of where, what, how you tend to feel about things, what you're feeling right now, and be aware that, that that new feeling is coming and you know that one and you know it's not a good one. Yeah, yeah. So you got to find a way to release it, to dissipate it before it even gets going. Yes. Yeah. And that's where allowing makes a big difference. Yep, yep. <laughs> Very true. Well, continuing with the chapter, uh, the next little section is subtitled, Well-Being is Lined Up Outside Your Door. I have to admit, the first time I heard that concept, I thought, yeah, sure. <laughs> Sounds good. No, no, no mine was just idea. extreme doubt. I, yeah, maybe it sounded good, but I just the doubt was much greater than the sound good part. <laughs> I just didn't buy it at first. 
But I've learned by it. I've learned that it's true. Anyway, let me read it. It says, we want to remind you of the basic premise that must be understood before any of this will make sense to you. Well-being flows. Well-being wants you. Well-being is lined up outside your door. Everything you have ever desired, whether spoken or unspoken, has been transmitted by you vibrationally. It has been heard and understood by source and has been answered, and now you are going to feel your way into allowing yourself to receive it, one feeling at a time. That That's actually a two-edged sword, isn't it? In what way? Well, everything that... Uh, they're focusing on the well-being side of it, on the good feeling stuff. But really it applies to everything that you've ever thought about. So the bad stuff you thought about is also lined up. The question is, are you going to let it in by continuing to focus on the bad stuff? Yes. Yes. Because they said well-being is always outside your door. Right. Always. Yeah. Not sometimes. Not sometimes. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's also an encouraging message in there because what it really says is if you're focusing on the well-being that's outside your door, you let that in. And if, and if you're focusing on that and letting that in, it means you're not focusing on bad feeling. So even if it's outside the door, it never gets in. <laughs> <laughs> right, because we, we can't focus on both at the same time. That's right. Yeah. You can't. So you're either focusing on the well-being and allowing that in or not. That's one thing that I use to remind myself of what to do when I'm frustrated by feeling like I can't make the shift. You know, I'm in a bad place. I want to get mm -hmm. to a good place by reminding myself that you can't focus on both at the same time. So That's when, true. when I'm focusing on the negative, I want to get to the positive and I keep thinking to myself, I can't get there. I can't get there. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> or at least for that moment, I'm right because I insist on being right about it. it. It's the way of reminding myself that it really is a mind shift. And if I can just choose a different way of looking at it, everything shifts. Right. And that goes back to what we talked about before, where we're always saying yes to everything we're thinking about. So like that's right. where you just said, oh, that's right. I'm right. Because <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. Like. I like the way you said that too. I, I don't. I know you didn't intend it this way, but you said we're always saying yes, and the way I always think of it is the universe is always saying yes. But mm -hmm. we are, in essence, part of the universe. So of course yeah. we're the ones saying yes. It's both. <laughs> it's both. That's an empowering oh. concept for me. That that for me is is like oh, I'm not some wee thing outside, you know, powerless and so forth. I'm a part of this flow. I'm a part yeah. of this energy. You know, but that's a that's a sometimes when I tell people that like we're always saying yes, they're like, oh my god, that's such a big responsibility to always be that aware of be. what we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. it, it it can be a very it can be daunting, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. It was for me when I first got this part. I even before I read asking it as a given. When I first got this by reading the secret and some other stuff I right. read after that. I, my first reaction was, I can't do that. There, there's no way I can monitor all my thoughts all day long. There's, there's no way that I can keep all the negatives out. There's too many of them. <laughs> well, the point is to be easy about it with yourself. You know, like, like what am I thinking about? How am I thinking about it? Mm -hmm. And just, you know, baby steps. You don't have to take it all on at once. You know, just start. Because even by just starting, that really means you're, doing taking some deliberate action to become more aware of what you're thinking about and then from that point you can take action to think 
think better thoughts and then a better thought than a better thought. Yeah, I, I think the way I thought about it eventually, and it took me a while to figure out what point of view and what position would work for me. But what I ended up doing was realizing that it didn't really make a whole lot of difference whether all those negative thoughts were going on. Because the moment that I contradict even one of them, it actually has a, a, a powerful impact in terms of beginning the process of rever reversing all of them. Yeah. Even though I'm only doing yeah. just one. Um, yep. some, some gurus refer to this as positive thoughts being 10 times or 100 times or whatever more powerful than negative thoughts. And, and that's one good way to look at it. But the way I look at it is even just putting one thought out there starts to turn the tide. Yes, putting two thoughts out there turns the tide even more. Putting three positive mm -hmm. thoughts out turns the tide even more. So it doesn't really matter if all those negative thoughts are going out. What matters is what positive steps are you taking because they end up going away just by taking positive steps. That's right. And we always have to remember that every thought is really two thoughts, the positive and negative version. Or the the is and lack version, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah, yeah. So just the what what side of things are you focusing on? Because that helps me sometimes. Like, oh, that's right. There's, there's, a, there's an opposite side to this negative thought. What's that? And then I can go there. How do you uh, deal with the question of what is the opposite of my negative thought? Because that can sometimes be a, a bit of a landmine, too, trying to figure out what the opposite is. Well, for me, it's just simple. It's just the op. Like, if I'm thinking for whatever reason, say, like, about the lack of money or something, then I think, okay, wait a minute. Well, what's the exact opposite of this? Oh, I have an unlimited amount of money. Then I go into, like, oh, that would be so nice that I can just do this and do that. And then that starts shifting it or whatever Whatever it is you're thinking about, it's just the opposite of it. My sister-in-law once shared with me very recently, actually, that doing it that baldly is difficult for her. Mm -hmm. Because if she is not in, in an experience of, say, having tons of money, it's, right. it's hard to convince herself that it's already coming in. It's hard to convince herself that it's already happening. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she just isn't able to do it that way. So I think it's part of the reason why I said there are, there are landmines involved, uh, depending on what way you, you choose. I, I think that's a perfectly acceptable choice. I certainly choose that way. I mean, when I'm trying yeah. to do my affirmations, I make it that baldly different. But I've also been in a situation where you know, I've had certain things that I was trying to attract, and I couldn't quite get myself in the right frame of mind, and I wasn't attracting them right, and so on and so forth. And in those circumstances, I probably would have argued similarly that I can't think that that baldly different from where I'm at. So what mm -hmm. do I do instead? That's the real question. Mm -hmm. It isn't so much, okay, if, if the direct opposite doesn't work, what does work? That's really the, the, the real question. What can you do positively that does work for you? And what worked for me was understanding the thing-lack thing. Because now I don't have to worry about what's the opposite of some negative feeling. All I have to say to myself is that negative feeling is lack of some other thing. And so I'm going to remove the concept of lack from my thinking and just think of thing. Not that I necessarily have it. I don't have to convince myself that I have something that I don't have. I just focus on the thing that I want. And I think of, I, and I don't allow myself to focus on lack of it. That's the key thing. It's because it's the right. focus on lack that actually undoes you. Right? Yeah. Well, and so, and some of what we're talking about also depends on like, you know, how familiar you are with love attraction, how long you've been working about it, and no different things. Oh yeah, 
you know, because there's a whole other level of like, you know, because you and I know that we can't focus on the what is because we just keep the what is in this reality. We have to focus on what we want so that the what we want becomes the what is. And we know, you know, we know that there's things lining up for us that we can't see, so we just trust that. Mm-hmm. But someone just starting out who doesn't know all that, you know, might be a little bit more challenging. Right. That's well, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm talking about this. That's why I brought this up. The, the because the the challenge is not only, you know, shifting between broad extremes of of you know, positive and negative stuff. But it's also, like you said, trying to trust that you can focus on something other than what is. Yes, yes. It's both, and it's, yeah. it can be quite a quite a challenge to overcome both of those at once. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where <laughs> I found the lack thing really helpful because when I think of something in terms of lack or is, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem as big. I, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't. It seems like okay, that's small enough I could handle. Mm-hmm. It's really not any mm-hmm. different when you think about it, but. You know, it's, a, it's I guess it's a mind game that I play with myself in order to do what I need to do instead of being, you know, daunted away from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting the different things we can. I mean, where focus do you find, just to shift? Where do you find your biggest challenges to be when you're when you're dealing with this stuff? Well, just if like kind of like before when we were talking about. Like if we already are past the line of getting frustrated, then it's hard to just do just the allow. Mm. So like if for some reason I find that, oh, oh, wait a minute, I just spent too much time focusing on the frustration of something, then it becomes a little harder to gently raise myself. But I do it because I know what to do. Like, so, you know, but but what's start... your trick at that point? What, what, what method do you use to, to reverse the tide, so to speak? is being aware enough to realize that, okay, wait a minute, I just got lost in this more negative, low vibration way of thinking, so now I've got to shift it. So I I automatically go into what do I want. That works for me. And then I just start thinking about what I want, about whatever topic I was thinking of. And then eventually by doing that, I start feeling that I'm coming out of that low vibration way of thinking. And I imagine that when you say you think about what you want, what you, it would be the equivalent of saying that you think about what you desire. Yes, yes. And I use like some of the processes that are even, like some of the processes I use are in Ask and It Is Given, mm-hmm. know, what we're, the book we're going over. Right. So the processes help a lot too of gently pulling you up out of a low vibration way. And, and we haven't gotten to the processes yet there in, in really after the main chapters of the book. But uh, for those yeah. who want to skip ahead, processes are, are simply little games, if you will, little exercises you can do in order to break the, the tendency, the trend of just focusing on what is, no matter how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and some of them work. are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> they work, yeah. So, some of them do require having a partner to work with to, you know, to do, do yeah. certain aspects of it, but they're, they're worthwhile. They're very good. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like those who know what to do, know what to do. But even if even if you don't know what to do, you can at least start deliberately, at a minimum, even just start thinking about things you enjoy doing. Right. Yeah, that's like, why I asked I would, you about like, the difference between desire and want, and you use the words pretty much the same. I, I actually think of the two words as being different because want also has the second meaning of of lack. Mm-hmm. So I, I tend to shy away from wanting stuff. I I prefer to desire stuff. 
because I don't want to get trapped in lack just because I want something. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, let's continue with this. It says you are physical extension of source energy. Now that's a continuation of the theme that they were outlining in the first few chapters. Yeah. But, but it's still yeah. good to bring it up. It says, yeah. you are an extension of source energy. You are standing on the leading edge of thought. Your time-space reality was set into motion through the power of thought long before it manifested in the physical form in which you see it now. Everything in your physical environment was created from non-physical perspective by that which you call source. And just as source created your world and you through the power of focused thought, you are continuing to create your world from your leading edge place in this time-space reality. Boy, that's really thick. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> There's some really thick concepts in there. <laughs> yes, yes. So just as Source created your world and you, and you through the power of focused thought, you are continuing to create your world from your leading edge place in this time-space reality. I, don't, I can't find a, a nice, easy way to break that down. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're creating our world. We're... What we're focusing on is what we're creating. That's kind of what I take. Unless she means more globally. I, like, I'm not sure they mean both, or like personally or globally. I, I think that's what it is. It's both. I mean, yeah. it, it's specifically about you, but it's also true on a larger scale. And, yeah. And that's where the confusion, I think, comes in. So you're right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we're, in, we're each individually creating our world in our reality but what we're by what we're focusing on I guess and as well as globally things happen based on what the focus is on and it, I think it's also trying to say um, that you by focusing on what you're focused on you are also part of the creation process overall mm -hmm. it's that as, mm -hmm. as well so yes yes Continuing, it says, you and that which you call source are the same. I, I read that and I said, that's really interesting because that's actually not what most people call it. Most people don't call it source. That concept of calling a source came along with Abraham Hicks. Mm -hmm. What people normally, mm -hmm. at least in this country, call it is God. Yeah, yeah. And I thought about yeah. that and I said, well, why would Abraham, speaking through Esther Hicks, choose to change that and say that we call it something else? And I realize what the answer is. Yeah. It's because they don't really want to call it God because they don't want to get it into get into a whole thing about religion. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when you say source, there's no resistance about it. Right. <laughs> you can't that could be any that could relate to anybody. There, there's no pre existing, predetermined yeah. resistance levels that are going to create wreak havoc and create problems and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So let me read it on. It says, you and that which you call source are the same. You cannot be separated from source. Source is never separated from you. When you, we think of you, we think of source. And when we think of source, we think of you. So there's a definite equivalence going on there. Mm -hmm. And then finally, source never offers a thought that causes separation from you. In other words, the only separation that ever happens, well, there, first of all, there is no separation. Actually, i got to read this because it's on the next section. It says, you cannot <laughs> okay. offer a thought that would cause total separation. In parentheses, separation is actually far too strong of a word, in parentheses. But you can offer thoughts that are different enough in vibrational nature to hinder your natural connection to source. And we refer to that condition as resistance. 
That's good. That's mm-hmm. that's really the first time that they've defined what resistance is. If you think yeah. about it. Because because yeah. they're really saying resistance is where you are changing your vibrational nature enough that you in a sense lose your natural connection to source. You never really lose it, and they even say that, but it's as if you did lose it. it, it puts yeah. you, it, it, it's the same thing as us not being able to focus on a positive thought and a negative thought at the same time. It's the same concept. So that, so that means that someone who never loses their awareness of always being connected to source would be in a higher vibration compared to others. Is that, I think that's kind of... I think that's true, idea. yeah. They, they don't use the word higher vibration or the word higher anyway, but I think you're right. I think that's essentially what it would be. Because you can't be... You can't have an awareness of your connection to source and then be low, like feel low, because then you would be disconnecting from that. Which means that the corollary that goes along with it is that source energy is high, high vibrational. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think source energy would probably be the highest vibration. Which makes sense, really, when you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Zero resistance. Zero pure, resistance. Pure, high vibration amazingness. <laughs> and it's where we can start having fun trying to imagine how the universe is built, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. When we understand that reality is, when, when we understand that that the that source energy is source when it's at its highest vibrational level, we can also understand that if source creates everything, that therefore creation happens when vibration is at its highest level. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, anything that is created in the universe, anything that's created in reality even if it's an imaginary creation, because that's where it all comes from originally, is imagination, is, by its nature, high vibration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we notice it, actually, in science. Science doesn't attribute all this to source energy, but they notice it, because they notice vibration in every thing that exists. Even rocks have vibration, very low vibration, but they have vibration. Which is interesting. Okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but the fact is we're able to, science is able to identify all kinds of vibrational levels, all kinds of, of oscillations that go mm-hmm. on. So mm-hmm. it, it actually makes a lot of sense that the highest levels of vibration would also be the creative levels. Yes. Yes. So, reading on, it says, the only form of resistance, because they just brought up that concept, resistance, or hindrance of your connection to that which is source is offered by you from your physical perspective. In other words, we're the only ones doing any resisting. Physical, why do we do that? Well, not so much why. The first question is, <laughs> are we the only ones who, who are doing it? Is it only physical beings who are resisting? And, and they're saying, yeah, that's it. That's the only mm-hmm. resistance going on. Which is daunting and empowering at, the, empowering at the same time. Because when you're empowered with the idea that you actually have total control and total decision-making over whether or not you're going to resist and whether or not you're going to allow well-being to come through, well, all the excuses are gone, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. But why do you think, like, why, where do we get that we don't allow well-being through? Somehow we pick that up somewhere. Well, I think that we, 
when when you resist long enough and you end up with the negative what we call it bad being i don't know what to call the op what's the opposite of well-being like fear worry doubt yeah the negative emotions all those resistant thoughts yeah. right so when you're feeling negative emotions and if you feel them consistently enough and you experience the you know the manifestations of them long enough so that they become a repeating cycle a negative vortex as they call it do that long enough, and you're going to begin to believe that that's the way the universe is. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. you're just going to be, for the rest of eternity, inundated with all this negativity. Yeah. And when you're when you're facing that, you're basically, for the first time, feeling helpless. Mm-hmm. You're feeling powerless. So, it's not all that difficult to understand why it is that people who have a history of feeling powerless will continue to feel powerless. I, I, I know that sounds like, you know, basically just saying the same thing twice, but really that's what happens you know, to answer your question. Well, I think, yeah. And I think that someone like that just has that momentum going of that. Yeah. It's a, that, so well, that's where the momentum concept comes from. Right. Yeah. That that's just what they're used to. And that's, that's their go-to thoughts as well. Thoughts of fear, worry, and doubt. That's right. And ultimately what we're trying to learn is to modify and even obliterate that pattern of mm-hmm. focusing on negative thoughts, focusing on bad feeling stuff. And remembering, like you read earlier, that well-being is always right at our door. Yeah. So the moment that we are willing and and find a way to shift our attention away from what is, all that terrible stuff that is going on to something that we would prefer that we would like better and to keep ourselves focusing for at least some period of time on that thing that we prefer then the well-being yeah. starts to come in yeah i remember one time i was listening to um esther hicks slash abraham at one of her lectures and she was saying that there was a time when she would kind of do phone you know, phone coaching kind of where people would, she would let people call right. her phone and then she would tap into Abraham and kind of help them based on whatever was going on. And she talked about this one call where this uh, woman had called her and she was, the lady who called was rattling off all her troubles and woes right. about whatever was going on. And no matter what Esther said to try to get her out of that all she kept wanting to do <laughs> was to go back to talking about her troubles and woes. Right. And Esther even tried bringing up like some stray topic just to talk about anything but her woes, and she didn't want it. The lady, she kept going back, and then in the end, it ended up where the call never happened. <laughs> <laughs> they ended up deciding not to have the call because Esther was like, "You are not getting this. You're." You just want to keep focusing on and thinking about your troubles and woes and not about anything slightly better than that. There's an interesting thing I've noticed, too, about when somebody gets stuck in that flow, in that negative Mm -hmm. flow. I've noticed this with a number of people because I've tested this a few times. And I don't know, you probably have tested this, too, because of what you do as a coach. But I have literally named what it is they're doing in bald terms. Like you realize that you haven't said anything positive for the last forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, of things course. like things like that. 
You know, something yeah. that just, it's almost rude. You know, in, in typical human intercourse, that would not be considered a polite thing to say. But when you're talking with somebody who's that locked in and fixed, I've, I've tried saying that. And the thing that really catches my attention is they'll acknowledge it and then they'll forget about it instantly. <laughs> yeah, that's their go-to. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, I ask people sometimes, just tell me about what wins you've had in the last few weeks. Like anything good, big or small, it doesn't matter. Just tell me about them. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and that, that usually like, gets like a lot of silence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no, they'll find like one or two sometimes. You know, sometimes <laughs> they're not like this, but we're talking about the people that are. And then after like the second one, then they start telling me about some problem. <laughs> yes, yes, they're right then, back to it. Yep. And then I'm like, this is interesting. All I did was ask you to tell me about some wins you've had in the last few weeks. And do you realize that you went right back to telling me about complaining about something? And then usually the person isn't aware of it until I tell them that. And then they're like, oh, my God, that's right. I never realized I did that. Yeah, that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping that when you kind of, you know, do what my wife used to do with me, every once in a while, if I was really in a bad funk, she would literally come over. I'd be like lying on the couch or something. She'd come over, straddle me, grab me by the T-shirt and shake me like, you know, she was shaking an animal around saying, snap out of it. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but that's what it is. That's somebody who's snapping out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I love when they have that little aha moment like, wow, I never realized that that's what I do. Like, all you did was ask me to talk about some good things that happened. And here I am rattling off back again about complaining about something. That's right. And it's also... Uh, it's not only an eye-opener toward that behavior, it's also an eye-opener toward ongoing behavior and, more importantly, past behavior, recent past especially. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that there's a pattern that has been going on for a long time. Yes, yes. And when you finally recognize with, it, oh, it's like, whoa, that's yeah, a lot. Even, <laughs> even with that, sometimes like when I'm helping someone move forward from something, they want to still try to find out why. Like, well, why did that happen to me? Why? And I'm like, that's not going to help you. That's just going to keep you more in that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I, still, why, I still want to yeah. know why. I, it's not like I don't want to know why, and I have investigated why. But you have to recognize that if you're going to investigate why, you're slowing yourself down. You have to be willing right. to accept you're that. Just, you're keeping yourself in that more. Yeah. We gotta get you get you out of that, whatever that is. That's right. But that's another interesting thing because you know we a lot of people, I guess from schooling or whatever, we're just taught we have to know why this happened or why I'm feeling this way or why I'm feeling that way. Well, and I know for just, myself it comes. It really comes down to this: I want to understand, and mm-hmm. I I literally mean that word understand because to understand is you can kind of reverse the phrase and say stand under. You want to know where everything comes from. You want to, you, you, there's a desire to understand the, the chain of causes and effects. Because there's a feeling that if you could somehow understand the chain of causes and effects, you'll have a better picture of how the whole thing works or <laughs> works dysfunctionally or whatever. And, and there's some truth to that. The, the flaw in it is in failing to recognize that when you insist on knowing what that chain of cause and effects is, you are also simultaneously not taking any time to get yourself out of the chain of cause and effect. So you're continuing to stay in it. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Yes. It just it continues to keep you there, 
instead of helping you get out of it into a better place. Right. That is exactly true. So it's yeah. it's a conundrum because on the one hand, we want to understand. On the other hand, sometimes it's not such a good idea. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of times, I don't know, a lot of times I don't think we are going to find out. Oh yeah, very often we don't even we can't even remember what all the chain was. So know, let's let's not get more time practicing staying there. Let's start practicing getting in a better place. Right. Yes. Which is a much yeah. more productive exercise to engage in. Yeah. So, as extensions of non-physical energy, it says, you are taking thought beyond that which it has been before and through contrast, you will come to conclusions or decisions. And once you align with your desire, the non-physical energy that creates worlds will flow through you, which means enthusiasm, passion, and triumph. That is your destiny. There's another thing that's packed with concept in there. The biggest one for me is that they introduced a new word, contrast. Contrast is a helpful word. It's also, it's a two-edged sword because it's contrast. (laughs) (laughs) But it is what we as human beings are most attuned to. We see, hear, smell, taste, touch, feel contrast much better than we feel continuity or see it or touch it or taste it. We well, can, only because that's what we're used to practicing. Exactly. But that's what—that's yeah. the whole reason why we're here. We're here to experience the contrast and to make decisions <laughs> based upon it. And that is actually, if you, if you kind of take the inverse corollary that goes along with it, That is actually one of the most helpful things for me because it's how I came to get in touch with and know where my source energy was within me. Yeah. Yeah. It it wasn't until I realized that source energy is continuous. It doesn't have contrast. It is always what it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And because it is not contrasty in nature, that's what makes it so hard to notice at first. Whereas it's very easy for us to notice contrast stuff. And when I realized that, then yeah. I realized, oh, okay, so is there anything I can remember feeling or thinking that felt like it was inside me that was always there? And when I started framing the question that way, then I could start detecting source energy inside me because I realized like it was always there. And like you read earlier, if we're all extensions of source energy. That's right. Then that's what we are too. So I knew logically it meant that I had to, I had to be the, uh, have it inside me. Just if I'm an extension of source energy, if I'm part of source energy, it had to be inside me somewhere. Yeah. So I knew I, I could at least conceivably feel it. Now the question was, how do I feel it? Yeah. And yeah. that that's what ultimately solved the problem for me, realizing that because there's no contrast involved in source energy per se, I had to look for something where there was no contrast. I, that's probably not how it worked for you. I, I don't know. How did it work for you? You mean contrast? Well, I, I mean uh, detecting your own source energy, feeling your own source energy. Well, I think that's a continual thing, a continual thing to work on. Oh, know, I okay. think when, I'm, when, I'm, when I feel I'm at a high vibration, I feel my connection to source energy. When I'm in meditation and I'm in a certain alpha state, to me that feels like a source energy feeling. Um, in an alpha state being well when you're in a meditation and and you're deep in it you just have this kind of feeling of just being Hmm. (laughs) you're not you're just there in the moment you're not attached to anything you're just 
You're just, you just are. That's the only way I can explain it. You just are. And beingness is the feeling of source energy. So to me, yeah, like to me, that's another where I, that I can feel that. Yeah. For me, for me, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. No, that's why I asked you. <laughs> I wanted to know what it works for yeah, me. Yeah. And like feeling, feeling super high vibration or excited or super happy. To me, that's, that's a source energy feeling. Oh, it is. It is. The, the, the tricky part early on is recognizing that it always is source energy. But once you realize that and you're willing to start labeling it as such, then it becomes easier yeah. to sense the source energy in all states. And you can get yourself there. Why? Because like you said earlier, well-being is always at our door. It is. Are we opening our door to well-being? I hope so. <laughs> well, that's certainly the best place. That's where the good yeah, stuff I happens. I this vision of... I got this vision of two doors. One door is a well-being door, and the other door is a contrast door. And like, there's always a choice, like, which one are we opening? I want to open the well-being door. It's funny. I, I, I wonder about that second door being contrast. Is it contrast, or is it the ill-being door? <laughs> well... And the reason I ask that question is, contrast is the ability to see similarities and differences between positive and negative. So it's basically both. It's both the positive well, to and me, the negative. To me, the, to me, contrast is really there to show us what we do want. Like contrast is what we don't want. But what's good about contrast is that it shows us what we do want, in my mind. Try, try phrasing that again, because I, verbally you just contradicted yourself. I understand what you meant, but phrase it differently. <laughs> well, contrast is there to show us what we want. That's what the good part about contrast is. If there is a good part, it's to show us what we do want. Like, okay, now I know what I don't want. That was the contrast, and so now I know what I do want. So you use the word contrast to mean the negative. Well... In a sense, because it's what we don't want. But but what's good about contrast <laughs> is that it shows us what we do want. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting how we all have different ways of, of looking at the same stuff. I mean, the way yeah. you look at it is not the way I look at it, but we're, we're still talking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but whatever you call that second door... I will, I will choose, as long as I'm consciously aware to, I will always choose the well-being door. Well, I agree. I That's remind, certainly the place. I remind myself that it's always there. Oh, yes. Yes. That, especially in our darker hours, that's the time when we really need to remember that it's there. Yes. Yes. Like, wait a minute. Let me open that door of well-being because right now it doesn't feel like it. So let me open that and do what I can to be in that vibration. Now, that passage I just read finished off by saying, and once you align with your desire, the non-physical energy that creates worlds, key point, will flow yeah. through you, which means enthusiasm, passion, and triumph, and that is your destiny. The next paragraph gets even more to the point. It says, <laughs> okay. from the non-physical, you created you. Now, that actually is really challenging <laughs> to religionists. From the non-physical, you, you created, created you. you. Okay. And now from the physical, you continue to create. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that, that's, a, that's a pretty <laughs> strong concept right there. That, 
<laughs> I mean, that's definitely not what religions tend to, cheat, to teach. Well, we're not talking about that, but I know what but, you mean. But yeah. nevertheless, that's the context in which we as human beings under t- tend to understand stuff. We, our religions are very big in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you read something like that, that's that's pretty big. That's that's cutting edge. <laughs> that's bleeding <Yeah>. edge. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all extensions from source energy, so that could be. I mean, you could relate, like you said earlier. That could just you know, you could say, well, that's we're all extensions of God. If you want to look at it at a religious way. Yeah, and I think that's why he, they're staying away from the word God because of that. Yeah. There, there, there's so much <laughs> energy built up in that, so much resistance built up in that. No, let's not go there. But, but still, <laughs> even without, even if you don't even call it God, that's a pretty powerful statement. You created yeah. you. Yeah. You created yourself. Just by thinking about yourself, just by mm-hmm. inventing yourself imaginarily. <laughs> yeah, and you. And like and that whole thing with like you, you know, you pick your parents and you pick, and then a lot of times, because I know with Esther, people say, well, if I picked my parents, I wouldn't have picked who I came in. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked those people. And she's like, yes, you would have. For some reason, you needed to. So that's kind of a whole other thing. But well, I've often wondered because I know what you mean. I've heard that same concept too, and I've often yeah. wondered when when. Some of us picked our parents. Did we do it by default? Uh-huh. No, that's uh-huh. that was what is right. So we'll just let what is take care of that. It's still a selection, but we don't think it's a selection because well, we just you know did it by default. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you like? Then some people say, what does what does karma have to do with law of attraction? Like that, there's like you know you you do something bad to someone and if something bad happens to you or vice versa like what does that have to do with law of attraction yeah that the whole karma thing that really <laughs> tripped me up for the longest time until i, I finally just kind of put it away realizing mm-hmm. that it, it was just another one of those rabbit holes that, that, mm-hmm. that people are trying to get you to chase down so i i just kind of reduced it down <laughs> to a little joke in order to satisfy my, find myself so i can move on i just say from now on you know I, I i'm okay with karma as long as your karma doesn't run over my dogma <laughs> Well, I mean, or if you look at it in a vibration way, like if 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 you are mean to someone and you're in mean vibration, then I think you would attract a mean vibration. You know what I'm saying? Like if you can look at it that way as well. Oh, sure, yeah. I, the part of karma I have trouble with is the idea that we keep coming back over and over again to learn lessons, and, and I don't really think oh, that's Oh, that's the whole other, yeah. That's a whole yeah, other thing. I, yeah. I, I reject that part of it, but that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, if people want well, to keep I coming mean, back for that, hey, they're perfectly welcome to. <laughs> we're all, yeah, I mean, we're all entitled to think whatever. But, we certainly are. Um, Just for me, no, I I don't need to keep repeating the same negative things over and over again. I, I, <laughs> I really want to get away from needing that kind of thing. I want to get toward needing the positive thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not spending so much time in that negative realm. Because, I mean, that just gets tiring after a while. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. I've heard some people say well this happened to you because in two lifetimes ago you did that so now now you're getting now you're getting your just desserts because two lifetimes ago you did that thing and now you're getting paid back for it that's so self-defeating you're basically setting yourself (laughs) up every time you you posit that kind of idea because you can never win now no matter what you can never win because there's always something that you did five, six, twenty-five lifetimes ago that you have to pay for now (laughs) it's an endless stream of negativity Right, and I say, well, 
don't even go there because by going there, you're putting yourself in a vibration other than what you want. Yes, yes. Remember, we're, we're always saying yes to everything. So if we're always saying yes to everything. Why do I want to start thinking about any of that? So, yes, I really want to think about something else now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, we don't have a whole lot more time to think about because we're we're down to our last minute or so. David, give oh, us a already, clue about well. yeah. Isn't that amazing how it just well? Actually, that's not true. We got a few more few more minutes. We got about. Uh, I think I read it wrong. I thought it was said fifty nine. Oh. It actually says fifty two. So we got about okay. seven more minutes. But okay. um, so so I jumped the gun there. Just skip. No, just reverse it. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? What else do we have in this chat? Because we are getting low on time. So oh, okay. Well, let's say? go back. Yeah, because there, there is there's actually quite a bit left. I, we won't be able to do it all in seven minutes. But oh, okay. That's right. All right. Um, it says the evolutionary value of your personal preferences is the next sub uh, subtitle. It says do not mm -hmm. underestimate the value of your preferences for the evolution of your planet depends upon those of you on the leading edge of thought continuing to fine-tune your desires, mm -hmm. which is what you and I do every week. Mm -hmm. That's why we're mm -hmm. doing the show. We're fine-tuning yeah. our desires. And the contrast or variety in which you are standing provides the perfect environment for the formation of your personal preferences. Mm -hmm. As you are standing in the midst of contrast, new desires are radiating constantly from you in the form of vibrational signals that are received and answered by source. And in that moment, the universe is expanding. Hmm. So everything we think about, everything we focus on, everything we explore, everything we mentally try to feel our way through is playing a direct contributory role to expanding the universe. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's big. <laughs> That's a big thing. There's a responsibility level in there to ourselves yeah. and to each other. And there's there's a power level there. Yes. Like, wow. Every one of us has power. And we don't have to win an election either. <laughs> That's right. That's a personal personal power. Personal power. That's right. It goes That's out of the true and it's based and it's based on how what we're focusing on. It is. It goes on to say, this book is not about the expanding universe or about source answering your every quest or about your worthiness, for all of that is a given. This book is about you putting yourself in a vibrational place of receiving all that you are asking for. Just what you just said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the last section of this chapter, we may actually be able to finish this. Let's see. The last section of this chapter is called The Science of Deliberate Creation, which is a key phrase in Abraham Hicks-dom. <laughs> Hicks-dom, is that a word? <laughs> Anytime that you listen to uh, one of the recordings, uh, particularly if it uses the intro that Jerry Hicks recorded while he was still alive, mm -hmm. he describes all of these teachings as the science of deliberate creation. And I'm sure this is where it all comes yeah. from, this book, yeah. this, this chapter, this, this particular subsection. The section says, we want to assist you in the deliberate realization of the things that your environment has inspired within you, for we want you to experience the exhilaration of joyously, consciously creating your own reality. You do create your own reality. No one else does. And you create your own reality, even if you do not understand that you do so. Huh. Yeah. Which is yeah. true. That's, I mean, that's that whole thing about living by default. Yes. And it says, for that reason, you often create by default. Oh, uh, well, geez, I guess I anticipated that. 
When you are consciously aware of your own thoughts and you are deliberately offering them, then you are the deliberate creator of your own reality. And that is what you intended when you made the decision to come forth into this body. So we came here in order to learn how to deliberately create, not just create by uh -huh. default, but to create consciously, to create through a deliberate intention of focusing on what we want to focus on, on what we desire yeah. to focus on so we can manifest it, so we can uh -huh. experience that kind of experience. Yeah, I mean, like two, two friends can be together for an entire day and have two totally different experiences based on what they're focusing on. Yes, isn't that interesting? There have been actual yeah. scientific studies done on that kind of thing, not for this reason, but for other right. reasons. And, and oh, one of, if one of them is focusing on what they want and feeling good and all that kind of thing, they're and having a high vibration day, the other one could be focusing on, ugh, it's raining out or whatever, and have that kind of day. And they both are doing the same thing. It's interesting. One of the interesting uh, examples of that that I've seen is from uh, Sean Aker, the uh, um, graduate of Harvard's uh, positive psychology program, who explains a particular study that was done in a senior center. And in the senior center, they actually focused on, in fact, I remember a scene from The Secret also did this too. They focused on two individuals in the senior center. And in the, the film, it was two women. And right. one woman was focusing positively, the other one focused negatively. And you could see yeah. it on their faces. You could see it in their yeah. body language. The yeah. one who was focusing positively, they were both around the same age, but the one who was focusing positively actually looked about 10 years younger than the one who focused negatively. Yeah. That's, that's interesting because I've had many of my clients tell me, at, you know, maybe like a month into the coaching or so, that people say to them, where did you go? Did you go on vacation? Did you get a facial? Are you doing, like, what are you doing? You, you just look so much better. Or you have a glow. And it's strictly from practicing keeping themselves at a different raised vibration than they're used to. And mm -hmm. it shows. Yes. It's amazing. Yes, it, it, it is amazing. It's amazing how much control we have over our own aging process. <laughs> yes, yes. And I suspect that over time, that control is going to increase. That's right. And I think we just thought of a new anti-aging secret. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not sure forget how new it was. But... Forget about all the creams and Botox. Just keep yourself at a raised vibration. It's true. It's true. <laughs> we're down, we are now, I said we were down to about a minute. We are actually now down to about a minute. So we're not oh, okay. going to be able to finish the okay. chapter out. But I do really want to get in. You know, giving people the opportunity to find you and to find out how to pot, to subscribe to the podcast and so forth. So, first of all, where do people find you? Anybody who wants to find out about me or maybe do some law of attraction coaching can go to lifecoachdavid.com, and you can find out how to contact me there. And it's a really amazing thing to do. You've also got a number of uh, resources for them there that they can read up on and, and practice for themselves before they contact yes. you. Yeah. Yes, there's some great books on there. There's my blog, my newsletter, so lots of fun things. And besides listening to us here on PRN, we also invite you to subscribe to our podcast at LOAToday.net. The numbers who are subscribing are growing, David, I'm glad to say. It's not happening at Yay. a dramatic pace yet, but it's increasing every <laughs> week, so that's a good thing. Okay. All and right. it's been a pleasure as usual. Can't wait to do this next week. I know. That's right. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.